Ah, welcome back, everyone, to the Fish with Ryan Rothstein. First night, what up, South Jersey? AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio every night, Monday to Friday, 10p to 1 a.m. Sports gambling, obviously. <laughs> Duh. Newsflash. Live analysis, live updates. We'll, we'll talk Eagles. Of course we'll talk Eagles. But it's going to be more than that. We're going to talk odds. We're going to talk you know anything and everything in the sports gambling world. Previewing, recapping. The list goes on and on. And the Eagles, minus five and a half yesterday, favorites against the Washington football team, team no name. Minus 240 on the money line. The Eagles haven't lost to the Washington football team and the New York Giants since 2016. Unbelievable. Just an epic collapse. 27 straight points for the Washington football team. Eagles look good early. And then it was just an absolute mess. Carson Wentz sacked eight times, and the list goes on and on. They didn't run the ball, as the fans like to say. Carson Wentz, odds to win MVP before the game, plus 2,300. Now, plus 4,000. And I'm going to ask my good friend, NFL Eagles insider John McMullen next, if that's a good bet and much more, we're going to get into the Eagles' loss, what's happening, news and notes. Doug Peterson spoke today. (laughs) John, what's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. Excited. Back in South Jersey. Yeah, well, man. Football, football fix. This is, we'll the, call it. this is the football fix. John and I have been on the airwaves uh, in South Jersey before, a very popular segment, and we are reunited here. And you may have heard our podcast, Extending the Play. And guess what? That's not a podcast anymore, John. Now you can hear that right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio every Saturday from 10 to 11. And, John, follow John on Twitter, by the way, at JF McMullen. Follow the station at 1490 Sports Bet and me at Wise Rye. So, John, what happened yesterday? Ooh, that's a lot to unroll right there. <laughs> a lot to unfurl. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's statistically it's one of the biggest collapses in Eagles history. I think it's tied for number five. So a- anytime you talk about uh, a loss where you have that 17 nothing lead, even in the modern world, it's rare. Uh, but then you talk about the team that we're playing against. And by the way, have you dropped the R word yet? I think I did that five minutes since extending the play on Saturday morning, so I had to correct myself. But the Washington football team, you know, they, Ryan, are unbelievably incapable of coming back from a 17-point deficit. I mean, this would be the last NFL team you would think, okay, they're going to write themselves and, and come back. They just have no firepower. And if you think about the one guy who makes plays on that offense, Terry McLaurin, Darius Slate did a really good job taking him out of the game for the most part. So you look at the game book at the end and you see 239 total yards. You look at the longest play in the game uh, for Washington was 21 yards. The longest rush was 20 yards. Uh, And they managed to score 27 points. Uh, and, and why? Short fields, 48, 45, 20. And where do the short fields come from? Carson Wentz turnovers. And 
You know, it, it's sort of a chicken and egg thing, line. Uh, you can point to the offensive line. Obviously, they struggled. We expected them to struggle with no Lane Johnson. They gave up eight sacks. Some of the young receivers, Jalen Rager, John Hightower, probably could have fought for the football a little bit more. Bottom line, we're in year five of Carson Wentz, and he is not taking care of the football. And that's your biggest concern. Yeah, it just seems like year five, and I know he's had a lot of hurdles. I know he's had a lot of injuries, and some people use that against him. And, I mean, that's not its not his fault, but it also indirectly you know, is. <laughs> I mean, your best ability is availability, especially in the National Football League, and he hasn't been available. Um, but he just looked frazzled. He looked flustered. He got hit, and he got hit often, as I mentioned earlier, eight sacks the most he's ever been sacked. But you look at Russell Wilson, and John, you know I often make this comparison, Wentz to Russell Wilson, and Wentz can't touch him with a 10-foot pole, a 10,000-foot pole. You look at Russell Wilson, he just he plays situational football, and so does Pete Carroll. Like, they understand if they have a lead against a really poor, constructed roster, a bad team. team. Yeah. yeah, exactly that they know how to manage the game, manage their offense, and get the W and get out of there with a W. It just doesn't seem like Carson's able to do that. Are you concerned about Carson Wentz moving forward? A a little bit. You know, Russell, obviously, I I don't necessarily uh, like that in comparison. I agree with you. I think Russell's one of the sort of, and I I hesitate to use the term game manager, because too many people use that as an insult. He's far more than that. He can, He's a superstar. He can win games for you, throwing the football, running, uh, using his legs to move the chains. Any way he needs to win, he can win. But he also understands, as you mentioned, those situations, and there are different ones. You know, you might be in a shootout with an Aaron Rodgers-like uh, player who's having a great day, and you know you got to go out there. Okay, if we're going to win this game, we we got to score forty points. And, and, and other instances, like what the Eagles had with the Washington Football Team, you know they don't have firepower. So what do you need? You need a clean game, and that's all the Eagles needed. They needed to stay away from the turnovers, and they win that game easily. And Carson Wentz, for whatever reason, can't realize it. I I think the better comp is Brett Favre, but even that doesn't work because you mentioned flustered. Brett Favre was a gunslinger, and I think that's where the comparison fits in that Carson likes to make big plays, likes to extend the play, another uh, promo for Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. <laughs> there you go. He's that guy, and he never wants to give up on a play, and he's always trying to hit the home run. And sometimes you, you need to just take that single. Now, Brett Favre used to do that, but where Brett differ, differed, he never got flustered. Never got flustered. That's my concern about Carson Wentz. And it's so weird, Ryan, because in the first Essentially, 28 minutes of the game, you mentioned the MVP odds. He looked like an MVP in this league. And then in the last 32 minutes, he looked awful. I don't, I don't, I can't think of another star quarterback. Everybody has bad games. 
But to have that kind of swing in the same game, where you look like a superstar, and then you look like the worst quarterback, the worst starting quarterback in football. And that's what he looked like in the final 32 minutes of that game. It's just weird. Yeah, it is weird. And, you know, there's one bright spot, and we're going to get a little bit more into Carson Wentz in a minute, and we're talking with John McMullen extending the play right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio every single Saturday morning, 10 to 11 a.m. You can listen to him live only right here. Zach Ertz, a prop bet before the season, John, uh, John 899 and a half yards for the entire season. And I mention that because Dallas Goddard yesterday was the felt like the only bright spot to me. Eight catches, 101 yards, a long catch for 34 yards, and one touchdown. And there's been a lot of talk. Dallas and Zach, do you keep one of them? Do you keep both? Talk about that dynamic with the tight ends. Well, I, I, I do think they're both top ten tight ends in this league. So it is, you know, the strongest position on this team. Uh, you saw it yesterday. I mean, Zach with the big drop. That is very, very uncharacteristic. And it gets you thinking, okay, he, he kind of, wore his heart on the, on his sleeve earlier in the week when he talked to us, obviously via Zoom, uh, and, and talked about his contract and, and essentially said, I, I want to be here, but I'm not sure the Eagles want me to be here long term. And, you know, you look at the way Dallas Goddard played. He's younger. Um, he's more athletic. He's a better blocker. Uh, and you can get him cheaper, even though he's going to cost – a significant money himself. He's not going to cost what Zach Ertz would cost. So then you look at the back end to that and say, can you afford to pay two tight ends that type of money, especially with the salary cap issues the Eagles have moving forward in 2021? And, oh, by the way, on top of it, it's even worse because COVID-19 and the NFL as a whole is going to take a massive financial hit. So, for the first time in league history, the salary cap is going to roll back. So the Eagles are in double trouble uh, when it comes to the cap. And I, I, I tell you all the time, Ryan, most of the time that stuff's overblown, and it's still overblown. You can generally keep anybody you want to if you really want to. But you do, when you're in a situation like the Eagles are in, you are going to have to make two or three difficult decisions. Not a ton, but maybe – maybe two or three more you weren't expected, and, and maybe you say to yourself, okay, we want to play more 11 personnel. We want to play more receivers anyway to get more speed on the field. So if the Jalen Ragers of the world, the John Hightowers of the world, if they start to develop, maybe you start seriously thinking, okay, let's spin off Zach Ertz for something valuable and you might go down that path. But i got to tell you, watching Rager, 55-yard reception, that was great. You could see the explosion. But overall, you know, one out of four targets, he, he muffed the punt. Uh, Carson missed him on another uh, long pass where he was open, so that's not his fault. But nonetheless, you saw the one interception. He didn't fight for the football. John Hightower had a drop. He didn't fight for the football on another interception. Those guys got a long way to go. So I, I, I got a big problem giving up on Zach Ertz and not saying he's valuable, especially when the quarterback loves him so much. So 
it, it is going to be a really, really difficult decision for the Eagles. The good news is they don't have to make it this year. Uh, probably got to make it next year. Yeah, and that's just more of a storyline um, now in the present for obviously Eagles fans to keep an eye on, and we don't have to tell them to keep an eye on that as they remind us often about, well, Ertz, Goddard, should they keep both, uh, yada, yada. So one thing we always hear, John, from Eagles fans is they need to run the ball more. And you look at <laughs> – Not when Miles Sanders isn't playing, they don't. Oh, oh, what a gr- – uh, no depth whatsoever. I, I mean – I expected a little bit more from Boston Scott because he played so well down the stretch last season. But then you start thinking it's that fool's goal. I mean, Boston's five foot six, and I, I, you know, you talk about he's very powerful. He's a power lifter. So I often, you know, I mentioned that with Darren Sproles when uh, he was still playing, and people would say he's small. I would say he's not small, he's short, and that's what I say about Boston Scott, but you do have limitations uh, when you when you're 5'6", playing running back in the NFL, and I think you saw that. Certainly can't be a lead back. Uh, so I, I think I'd look at the way this roster was cobbled together, and the Eagles tried to sign Carlos Hyde. Uh, I mean, they wanted to bring in a veteran back. They They'd probably love to have Devontae Freeman, but he wanted too much money, continues um, uh, to go in that direction. So they wanted a veteran back, but they wanted one on the cheap, and they couldn't find one. So now you wake up, and Miles Sanders is dealing with a hamstring issue, and all of a sudden you, your options are Boston Scott, Corey Clement, and, and, and Jason Huntley. That's awful. And it was awful. So... Anybody saying Doug should have run the football, okay, but only when they were up 17 nothing, and only to get out of there with a win and an ugly win, I could buy it. But they weren't going to be successful running the football with that group. And, oh, by the way, they were even worse in pass protection. We talk about the offensive line. But that's why I sort of mentioned that, John, is I saw it from a mile away how poor the pass protection was. And I'm not saying they should have ran the ball. And guess what? 24 passing attempts, um, 17 rushing attempts. Am I seeing that correctly? And it was somewhat balanced. I mean, it didn't appear to be balanced, but the, the offensive line was getting absolutely smoked. And you and I talk about Doug Peterson maybe overthinking it, going a little bit too analytical, tries to be a little bit overly aggressive at times. What did you think of the play calling overall? Well, I thought it was great. Early. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought they they were doing yeah a, a lot of it, and and I say this all the time, and I, I'm I'm sure I've said it to you at at some point. And I, I always, if people really step back and think about what they're doing when they're talking about play calling, you're really not judging the play call. You're judging the results. So, in other words, you know, when Carson is dealing and he's having that great 28 minutes, the play calling looks great. When Carson is, you know what, in the bed, yeah, the but final there's 32 a rhythm, minutes. John, just to cut you off, I mean, there's a rhythm. When Carson's dealing... You know, and I know you're right. Hindsight, it's easy to be the guy to to review and assess after the fact with the benefit of hindsight. But when he's dealing and the offense is in a rhythm, it's optically more acceptable. But when you see the offensive line struggling, well, I, and, you know I, I, I mean? think, and I'll say, 
yeah, I think most people had an issue with the fourth and four, which, uh, you know, normally you're on the plus side. Again, this is where I talk about when I talked about at the beginning of this conversation about Wentz understanding the opponent, the situation, what needs to be done. I also think that applies to Doug Peterson. Typically, if you're fourth and four on the plus side against a good football team, yeah, you want to go for it because you need to score points in, in, in the modern NFL. But against Washington, I think it's a little bit different. And I, I punt that football. And uh, then I try to play field position, which I know analytics people hate. And that's where Doug falls into that trap. And, and I think it's macro versus micro. Macro, you want to go for it. Typically, most teams can score in this league. Micro on a Sunday at FedEx Field with Dwayne Haskins, no running game, one receiver that Darius Slay is shutting down. No, you want to punt the football. The head coach has got to be smart enough to understand that and shift gears. But when you talk about the play call, we didn't get to see the play because the running back didn't see the blitz, Carson Sacks. So, I, hey, maybe it was a great play call. Maybe they would have converted if little things like pass protection would be cleaned up, but it didn't work out that way. No, it certainly didn't. John McMullen, NFL Eagles insider. Follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen. Follow me on Twitter at WiseRye and the station at AM1490 SportsBet. John, Doug spoke today, and, and what was your biggest takeaway from what he had to say? Uh, he was dodging and parrying all the questions uh, about Carson and, and the inability to take care of the football. And I, I was the first question today. I asked him. Jeff McLean followed me. He asked him. But I think it was Reuben Frank. He asked him. Uh, I mean, this is what we talked about. We're in year five of this, and I, I don't think it's getting solved. I, what are, 50 fumbles in 57 games? I mean, this is a guy who does, and even Dan Orlovsky, and I always argue that everybody should have somebody in their life that they love as much as Dan Orlovsky loves Carson Wentz. Even, <laughs> he, even he was criticizing Carson Wentz uh, yeah. coming off that game for not understanding different situations. He pointed out specifically uh, one sack where he was worried about him getting hurt, where the screen wasn't set up, and you just got to throw the football in the dirt. And Doug kind of mentioned that today as well. Uh, but when, you know, and somebody asked Doug, can he still learn this at year five? And, of course, what's Doug going to say? He's going to say yes. But can he? Or are we past that point of return? This is a guy, uh, you know, uh, he's a home run hitter. And it, it's almost if you go back to a different era of baseball where you'd have those big guys who would hit 220, but they'd blast 35 home runs in a different era of baseball. It was basically feast or famine. Yeah, I, I, I'm starting to think Carson's that type of player. He's going to make three or four plays in a game where you go, wow, that's amazing. And then he's just going to make these dumb plays. And I think that's where we are right now. I really do. I agree with you, John. I absolutely agree with you. And there is all this hype 
around the shiny new toys on offense, Jalen Rager, Deshaun Jackson, and I want your thoughts on him in a second. Healthy, right? After playing one game, his last game that he played was against that Washington football team, (laughs) two touchdowns over 150 yards, and then we didn't see him last year. Yesterday, he only played 54% of the snaps. Jalen Rager, we mentioned he looked good early, and then he sort of disappeared. They have a lot of speed, and that's it. So I want your thoughts on Deshaun Jackson and why he only played 54% of the snaps. And guess what? I'm going to ask this. Is the team missing Alshon Jeffrey a little bit? Yeah, I think they are. I, I mean, when Alshon – well, at least I, I should say when Alshon is healthy and, and at, at the top of his game, I'm not sure if he's that same guy. But if he is, yeah, they miss that type of receiver, that, that big sort of intermediate guy who can – Cats the back shoulder fade and, and and just use his body and move the chains. Uh, they could certainly use that. But you, you're right. I mean, they seemed obsessed with showing off their speed, and, and they hit the one deep ball as I mentioned to Rager. They missed another one to Rager. They missed one to Jackson, where they were both behind the defense, and Carson was just inaccurate. And part of that again has to do with. Not only him, but also the pass protection because he wasn't feeling comfortable. So if you do execute those plays, everybody's a lot happier today. But I, I, I do think they they got too in love with trying for that home run, and that's what I talked about with Carson as a whole. And now that he has this speed, um, I think it was only uh, ramped up. You know, if you. Ryan, if you look at this team late last season, out of necessity, they became became a grinded-out team. And you had those long, and, and it's difficult to do, but the Eagles were pretty successful. And, and whether it was 14, 15 play drives, they didn't have the big explosive plays, but they played sound football. And, and not to say you have to do that or want to do it. You certainly don't want to do it all the time. You want to be able to get those quick hits. and you, But you have to find that balance and say, okay, that 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 home run, you know, that's to use – I'm going all Jim Swartz on you with the <laughs> baseball analogy. Yep. But you swing for the fences when it's 3-1, not when it's 1-2 in the count. Or not any and, single and, count every single pitch. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and by the way, it's probably bad analogy because baseball today, everybody swings for the fences, and that's what Carson is. He's a modern baseball player. He, yeah, he's he would always be a great swinging for the fence. <laughs> yeah, he would look great in the Phillies lineup, batting 220, yeah. you know, a ton of strikeouts. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's, that's Carson Wentz. So put him in a Phillies uniform, we'd have the same but, complaints. Yeah, and you learn something, you know, Greg Ward. Okay, Greg's not going to hit a home run for you, but he can move the chain. Use him. Use Boston Scott out of the backfield as as a pass catcher. Instead, it's deep shot, deep shot, deep shot. And, again, uh, hey, it's fun when it works, but when it doesn't work, you're sitting there shaking your head the next day. Yeah, and it seemed like everything didn't work yesterday for the Eagles against the Washington football team. You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein. We're talking to John McMullen, NFL Eagles insider, the host of Extending the Play right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Every Saturday, you can listen to listen to Extending the Play with John 10 
to 11. And John's going to join me every night right here on The Fix. John, Denver just scored to take a 7-0 lead. Noah Font with the touchdown. If you bet him to score the first touchdown of the game, plus 1,200. Did you do that, John? I wish I did that. <laughs> I'm glad you that's a That's a nice little, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have went Noah Font first. But it's interesting, you know, I think we should say, Ryan, the first place Washington football team. Cowboys lost, Giants lost earlier. Yes, sir. For the fake news, the third story, which is Jake Asman schooling you yes. on a tweet I sent over the weekend. This is the result of that said tweet. I got to talk to the guy after you who tweeted out that a new name was going to be announced in 15 minutes. Did you see that Yeah, tweet? so I think Aton was making the joke basically being like, oh, we have a bad PR story? Well, let's announce a new name so no one's Thank talking you. about Darius. Well, that Guys, was a bad joke. It went over my head. Yeah, he fooled you. See, I'm on Aton's level there. He was doing a little, like, joking troll being like, oh, watch them put out their name now. No one will talk about Darius. Guys, we'll be talking about their new name. That was awesome and thank you jake asman look at that guy standing up for me and he said even i'm on his level jake asman is on the second level i was trying to bring you up there with that joke on friday i can't believe of all people you took it literally the second level with aton shander weekdays from 11 a.m to 1 p.m eastern Galval Insurance wants to save you 40% on your car insurance right now, and they will do it today. Here's managing partner Jim Mulebrunner. A lot of people pay a lot more premium than they need to, and they may not have the coverage to to justify what they're paying. There's no charge for the complimentary insurance review. You will save money, and you will connect with a company that is an advocate, not a broker. Go to DVIGI.com or simply call Jim at 215-354-0122. That's 215-354-0122. I've met clients that think that I, as an independent agent, charge a fee versus going direct to GEICO or going direct to Progressive. We do not charge a fee. Let DelVal Insurance save you up to 40% on your car insurance. Get your complimentary review. Call Jim Mulebrenner directly at 215-354-0122. 215-354-0122. Your savings are a phone call away. My name is Frank Halber, and I serve as president of Ask Me Local 1637. Every day, countless lives are devastated in our country at the hands of the opioid epidemic. Whether sparked by a pain-related work injury or other issues, many of those afflicted are family members, friends, and co-workers. It may even be you in desperate need of help. No one is immune to the effects of this terrible epidemic. If you or someone you know or love is suffering from addiction to opioids or other substances, Don't wait another day to reach out to someone and seek help. I have personally felt the pain that this epidemic inflicts, and I beg of you to tell a friend, a family member, or a professional now and get the support you need like your life depends on it, because it does. Remember, it's not where you start the race. You're hearing AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com.